Welcome to the Story Paths podcast, where we explore links between story and culture. I'm Theodore Lowry, your host. I'm excited to announce that, as of March 2023, I've released my first on-demand creativity course. It's on Skillshare, nestled within a library of great creative courses, and if you're not already on there, I've got a link in the show notes where you can get a free month. My course is called Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas. In it, I guide you through finding ideas within your memories, working with them as symbols, and learning to deftly combine and recombine them into meaningful stories. There's a trailer for the course there in the show notes, along with the free link. Hope to see you in there. And so, we begin. The sounds you're hearing now are evening time off the northwest coast of Turtle Island. You can hear the night chorus coming out and a neighbor's car they're returning home. It's a grassy, vibrant area. And I'm thinking about technology, that big word, one of those big words, like story, like world, like God, like earth, one of these big words, maybe not quite as big as some of those words, but technology, tools, how we change the world in ways that some of which are unique to us as humans, although other animals do use tools to be sure in different ways. Technology is using a shell from the ocean to carve wood. Technology 
is sowing warm footwear from hides or from cloth. Technology is making a dwelling to live in, either from trees or snow or earth, clay. Technology is using tools to hollow out caves in sandstone to go inside and cook with pots that whether they're made of bark or of stainless steel are technology. Now, in modern civilization, for lack of a better term, hope you know what I mean, but in mainstream culture, it's another way to refer to it, uh, consumer industrial culture, mm, colonial culture, kind of different ways of referring to what I'm trying to get at. what I'm getting at. So in that worldview as a whole, there's a linear progress. The concept of linear progress. So our anthropologist Wade Davis, he's made a good point that when the British came to Australia, met the aboriginals there, it was a collision of linear time and cyclical time. Worldviews. And this linear worldview is there in our concept of evolution, biological evolution. It's there in our concept of civilization, and it's certainly there in our concept of technology. Our meaning, you know, maybe you have also been affected by this worldview and you can choose whether you want to keep it or not. I'm thinking to let it go. <laughs> so yeah, there's this linear progress. Pushing technology, we say there's different levels of technology. You know, a computer, we say, is more high-tech or high-technology than a tablet, you know, a stone tablet or a piece of paper. And by high-tech, we mean probably something like it does things the other doesn't do. It, uh, new technology, high technology, does things that older technology can't do. Like on a piece of paper, you can't move the objects around like you can on a computer screen and edit the text so easily and so on and so on. So the computer's considered more high tech than the piece of paper. And another characteristic of most modern technology that's considered high technology or all, really, is that it's difficult to make. It requires a lot of parts. It requires a lot of different resources from different parts of the world. There's a lot of complexity in it. There's a lot of prerequisites for making a computer, for example. 
there's a lot of prerequisites, you know, mines to for the precious minerals, impoverished people who are often working to mine the earth in that way. Which is heavy to consider how much violence is exported technology, a lot of modern technology. So these are all prerequisites for that computer to exist and people to put it together in the factories and the assembly lines and the shipping and there's just so many things go into, for example, a laptop or a phone or any number of things. So it's considered high-tech. It's a lot of evolution required to get to the point where people can build it and it does things that seem pretty amazing compared to what previous technology did. You know, a chainsaw is pretty amazing when you have been cutting trees with a seashell or even with a handsaw. And then a big machine with like multiple saws on it, that's more impressive or higher tech, more evolved, developed, has a higher capacity than just a chainsaw or maybe multiple chainsaws. So it gets, you know, exponential in this way and goes into war and it goes into agriculture and so many different areas. So, you know, one question is, one reflection, there's, is there really high and low technology? Is it like a pyramid of technology or, you know, a progression? And... What if we consider some technologies higher or better, superior to other technology, then what kind of considerations might we use to determine that? So one uh, determinant that I mentioned is that the technology, high technology does things that previous technologies couldn't do you know so that's one consideration and there's various requirements for communication and transportation and so on and so on that we ask our technology to do that we want to be able to do and so we make new technology to do those things so that's a consideration that's certainly been a very prominent consideration now I would add another very weighty consideration and suggest that we put this on the table when we consider what technology to create. And this consideration I'm bringing forward is the ecological consideration. Ecology being not nature, <laughs> but the world we live in. <laughs> the actual world that we are part of. However isolated we may feel or uh, however society has cut us off from from the this regenerative, lively planet that we live, not on, <laughs> but with. We live with the world. We are in one sense part of the world. So given that we're part of the world, given that we're living with the world, and that this isn't nature as if something different, but it's it's the world we're in, 
It's a world we're on. It's a world we're with. Depending on how you look at it and say it. But this is the world. And the technology, whatever we build, comes from this world and returns to this world. So, you know, if I make a, a home out of sticks, then it is there for some time, a, a home out of logs, something more substantial, and then eventually it'll return to the world. And if I make a home from stone, I also gather from the world and I make a home with stone, and then it remains for much longer and eventually returns to the earth returns to the churning cycle of the world. And if I make a home out of stainless steel and glass and fiberglass, plastic, insulation, and so on, then that also comes from the world, but it's drawn from a lot of different places, and it remains for some time, and it also eventually returns to the world, into the great cycles and the churnings of the many layers of stone that make up the Earth's different strata beneath us and sometimes above us in mountains. So everything, every technology we have comes from the Earth, returns to the Earth. Of course, the sun's involved as well (laughs) and other planets, you know, but generally we're receiving from the Earth and returning to the Earth just like our own bodies. So given that this is the case when we're designing technology, let's consider how this technology is, how the ingredients are sourced, and what happens to the ingredients after our use is finished, after it's broken or we want to make it into something else. What happens? So we've had a very narrow view with technology of we want tools that do, that fulfill our desires. But then this ecological consideration is that the tool should fit in with the world that the tool is in and that we are in. So, you know, do we, is it, if we're taking the, the world as a whole, is it high-tech to make something which damages the life support systems of the world and is like cutting cutting uh, the platform we stand on and then when we use that and then we dispose of whatever that product is and then it becomes again a problem in landfills or pollution or waterways so is this high tech can this be considered high tech is a computer which requires the resources and you know doesn't recycle particularly well or you know, with plastic in it and all of that, which has such a, it has a cost to the world cutting into the overall system's capacity to continue and support things like computers and humans. So that computer is cutting in, you know, the car is cutting in, the airplane's cutting in and using a lot. And then when its lifespan is finished, when the lifespan of these objects is finished, then they're again a problem. So can we consider that to be high-tech? This is a question that I uh, put out there for all of us, considering what technologies 
we may want to create. Pattern of empire Moving through history Printed on disparate times One way we've organized We've also lived simpler ways Without so much control Tribes and villages Peaceful goals Thanks for listening to Story Paths, where we finger threads weaving story with culture. Before we go, I'd like to remind you of my new course, Creative Writing, Brainstorming Story Ideas, that is now available on Skillshare. If you're looking for a playful, creative space, this may just be for you. You can find the trailer and a link for a free month of Skillshare in the show notes. And as we part, I send my best wishes for you and yours. In the words of the Irish poet John O'Donoghue, may you realize that the shape of your soul is unique, that you have a special destiny here, and behind the facade of your life, there is something beautiful and eternal happening. And so we close.